Welcome to the second semester of our Just Admit It podcast. I am Amy and I am an Ivy Wise uh, Master Counselor. I previously worked at Bucknell University as an Associate Director of Admissions. And one of my responsibilities was working with the transfer recruitment process, which is what we're going to be talking about today. I am joined by my colleague, Joaquin, who's going to introduce himself. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Amy. My name is Joaquin Moya. I am also a Master Admission Counselor for IvyWise. I am a former um, college admission counselor uh, at Occidental College and was a director of uh, college counseling at an independent private school and uh, started a nonprofit that is focused on college access. Happy to be here today. Thanks, Joaquin. I'm going to start first just addressing some general um insight to the transfer process. And the first is that right now is a great time to be starting. The deadlines are coming up. Most are March 1st or March 15th. Um, And as Joaquin will tell you, um, they tend to let you know by late spring or summer if you've been admitted. And there have been some changes, obviously, as we can anticipate given the pandemic with statistics with transfers, typically about 35% percent of students do transfer. But this past fall, we actually saw a decrease in transfer students moving from a four-year institution to a four-year institution. Uh, Students coming from two-year institutions uh, to four-year institutions remained about the same, but we anticipate this next year, probably the numbers will go back to normal or maybe even increase given um, a lot of students are... um, questioning their um, past experiences. Um, One step I like to have students consider is that acceptances to each school can be very different um, in, especially from that university's undergraduate program. And some schools, the acceptance rate for a transfer will be higher than their undergraduate admissions. And for some, it will be lower. So for example, Brown's transfer admissions rate is about 5%, but their undergraduate um, rate was about 6.6%. And then you have the flip side of that where Vanderbilt, for example, um, their transfer rate was about 22% and their undergraduate acceptance rate was 7%. So I encourage students very much to, if they can't find this information online, to seek out the admissions counselor, the transfer admissions counselor, to answer those questions of how many spaces do you have? What is your acceptance rate? So that you have a better understanding to make that final college list that Joaquin's going to talk to you about. That's right. Thanks, Amy. I think another important piece to the transfer admission process is research. Just like with the freshman admission process, um, thorough research will really help you in the long run. And because the transfer admission process is so laborious, it's really important that you understand why you want to transfer. And I recommend my students make a pro-con list prior to even researching schools. And once you've made your pro-con list and you know why you want to transfer, um, then start doing your college research. Because each school has not only different transfer admission rates, as Amy just said, but they also have various requirements in their application process um, depending on what their school specifically requires. So knowing why you want to transfer is really important. Oftentimes, I ask my students who are considering transferring to think about things like, have you taken full advantage of your current institution? 
Have you taken um, courses in areas perhaps that you um, may have missed? Or have you exhausted clubs and organizations? Um, have you taken full advantage of all the resources at your current institution so you're clear why this is the right path for you? I think the other piece that I love to tell my students is in the transfer admission process, you need to be very intentional. And this includes the college list creation piece. I typically recommend my students apply to about two um, likely schools, two to three likely schools, two to three uh, um, target schools, and two to three reach schools. And again, look at the admission rates for transfers mm -hmm. at that school specifically um, in creating that list. Amy, do you have any suggestions on how students can organize their material as they're researching schools? Yeah, and it, I love your tip for the pro-con list. I do that with my students as well. And that pro-con list can also change as you visit the school or as the year goes on. So re, I encourage them also to revisit that when it comes down to the get their acceptances as well. But another tip I encourage them to do is to create some type of spreadsheet where they can list what is expected from each school or any other individual um, information they need to be able to um, gather all the information to be seen as a completed application. So do they require a mid-year report? Do they require um, a dean's recommendation? Or do they require a professor's recommendation? Also for majors, if certain majors actually have requirements or they won't even consider you, like nursing, if you don't take certain courses in college, they will not consider you as a nursing student before you get there. Um, does the school accept AP credits? And is it a, a three, four, five for that AP score you might have gotten in high school? So those are some other areas that I like to put on this spreadsheet. But I know you're thinking of some, right, Joaquin? Because I know yeah, I'm missing. Absolutely. Thanks. I love that you uh, gave the tip about the spreadsheet. I also recommend that, Amy, that students create a spreadsheet with the list of colleges, um, deadlines, uh, and then specific requirements. I think the other piece is, is the college a good fit for you? And mm -hmm. as you start to think about transferring, or if you're thinking about transferring, really starting to set parameters as to what you are hoping uh, to find in a school that you would transfer to. Thinking about things like the location, the size, the major, uh, majors offered, um, major minors offered perhaps, um, but being really specific and intentional about the academic, social fit and why that is different and how it's different from the current school you're at so that you can make a strong case for transferring. I think the other aspect to add on that um, tip list is the essay. Um, or, and now essays, more and more schools are asking for more than one. So Joaquin, can you address a little bit about that aspect? Absolutely. Um, it's, it's interesting. Over time, um, colleges have changed how and, and what they require. Um, so it's important to do your research, as we said before, uh, research, research, research. Um, but understanding what they're requiring in your essays. Um, they, some schools will use the common application for transfer admission. But like Columbia this year is only accepting the coalition application. And some schools um, on the common application for transfer admission require a personal statement and others do not. And in terms of the questions for the essays in the transfer admission pool, they tend to be very specific and sometimes quirky. So it's really important you go in and you understand what questions they're asking of you. Like, um, 
think not just why you want to transfer, but what's been a meaningful activity to you and why. Um, uh, yeah, another one I had, mm -hmm. my student had about the seminar, just asking about That's right. if you could create a seminar, what would the seminar entail? And the first step I encouraged her to do was to go and look and what does a seminar look like at that school? So you're kind of modeling your ideas and they know you've done your homework with your answer. So there is some research to be done. Again, research is the, the code word next to transfer for this <laughs> podcast, but it really does matter. And they do take notice when you can pinpoint and make that connection with that university in your essays and, and um, when you're responding to them. That's absolutely right, Amy. It's really important that, one, each essay highlights something new about you that can't be found in the rest of your application. Two, that you be intentional with what you're writing about and anytime you can name specific professors or courses that mm -hmm. really... Um, sort of intrigue you and draw you to that institution, it's important to also include those reasons in your essays um, as much as possible that are institutional specific and reflect your reasons for wanting to transfer. Correct. And don't be afraid to bring in past work experiences that have brought you to becoming a computer science engineer. So you don't just have to talk about your academic background, but maybe you had an internship or, again, a, a work experience that you could add to that. Why um, you want to study your particular major. Mm -hmm. I think another piece that I wanted to go back to, Amy, is as you're doing your research into transferring, be aware that if you need campus housing, not every institution um, has on-campus housing for transfer students. For example, NYU explicitly states on their website that they do not have housing for transfer students. So be aware of that. Another piece in the research process that I always tell my students, Amy, is that you really need to know um, what your source is. The website is a good place to start, but mm -hmm. recognize that the website is really more for factual information. The college's website, that is, is really right. for factual information, deadlines, requirements for transferring, um, admit rates, that sort of thing. And that other outside sources can be really useful. One of them is visiting the campus itself. I know during, during the time of COVID, it's really difficult to do that, but many colleges offer virtual tours. Mm -hmm. um, another thing to think of is unigo.com is a, a website where you can find anecdotal information uh, that students report. You can use the Fisk Guide to Colleges. So make sure your sources are varied and be intentional with which sources you're using to do your research for your transfer admission. That's great advice. Another aspect to consider with the that tip sheet is financial aid. Um, just like you might not have housing, your financial aid scholarship that you got at your current institution might not carry over um, depending on what form it is. So keep that in mind that you will need to do share that paperwork with that institution. And it might not be exactly the same at the new institution in your favor or maybe not in your favor. And you can always negotiate, try to negotiate that, but you can't guarantee it's going to be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Another piece that could be required that Amy mentioned before is recommendation letters. And in terms of requesting recommendation letters, like Amy said, some college, colleges will require you to have one or two from professors. I typically recommend that you ask professors who have taught you most recently. 
they have a current perspective of what your work is is like and how you perform as a student. Um, and I also think it's important that you build a relationship, you cultivate a relationship with your professors. And how do you do that, Joaquin? That's the trouble with you've only been there one semester, how and and you've been learning virtually. How do you go about that? Great question. Um, I think first and foremost, it's not about the length of time. It doesn't, when we say cultivate a relationship, it can be an email that you send. Um, it can be attending office hours virtually, perhaps because of COVID. Um, it can also be picking up the phone if that's um, accessible, if that's a way you access your, your professors. But letting them one, know that you're interested in the content of their course, and two, um, letting them get to know you on a personal level. And so I really recommend my students, um, in order to cultivate the relationship, try to um, attend office hours, uh, reach out via email, and follow up with professors when school, when the class is out of session. So you've done that and then you have to approach them for the recommendation. How do you approach them in a way that you don't feel uncomfortable saying, please write this recommendation for me, but I'm not happy here. I need to leave and go somewhere. How do you make that? Um, how do you approach that with the professor to make you feel comfortable and make them not feel offended? Mm -hmm. Great question. I think for me, Amy, the first and foremost thing is it's all about relationship. Mm -hmm. And so professors know that students transfer and you shouldn't be timid or embarrassed to go to a professor to ask for a letter of recommendation. But I really encourage you to remain positive about your current institution because it's important not just in requesting the letters of recommendation from your current professors or past professors. It's also important when you're writing your essays to not be negative about the current school you're at, which can be difficult if you're considering transferring, but really making sure you're intentional about your reasons for transferring. And there are typically two main reasons transfer admission officers um, like to see. One, either a student has outgrown their current institution, or for example, they've um, found that the current school they're at does not offer a major that they want to pursue, or perhaps there's extenuating circumstances that are making you look at other schools and considering transferring. So, um, I think that was a lot there, but I think it also is really helpful to keep in mind that you you don't want to come off as negative, even though you're considering leaving the current school that you're at. And even when you're approaching professors for recommendation letters or writing the essays, it's all about um, making sure that you're intentional with why you want to transfer. Um, and that those reasons, again, are either you've outgrown the institution or there's an extenuating circumstance. Thanks, Joaquin. And I, just to add to that, I know we as admissions counselors are empathetic to all that's going on, all the extra pressures and challenges that students, especially now, have as they're um, going through their studies. So how would we address the person who the extenuating circumstances that because of the virtual learning, because of the stresses, their grades have dropped in that semester, but previously they've been doing well. How do we... Um, encourage them to go about this in a positive way, but also knowing we're empathetic. Is the essay a place where we can learn from, from them about that? 
Absolutely. That's probably the best place is making sure you include that in the essay. And if there are professors who are willing to write your letters of recommendation, you can give them information that you want them to include in that letter of recommendation. Great idea. I typically recommend that you reach out to that professor one-on-one, usually with a verbal request, but I know that's difficult because of COVID and most classes not being in person. So you can send an email request and let them know that you're considering transferring and you'd love their support. And then if they agree to write it, include a couple of points as to why you want to transfer or what you hope they would share about your engagement in their class that makes you a strong candidate for another institution. Great. I know know another um, frequently asked question we get is about um, transfer of credits. Mm. And that's something that I know um, can vary also from school to school. Most schools, colleges do not um, let you know what credits are transferred until you've been admitted or shortly after you've been admitted, maybe four to six weeks afterwards. And also keep in mind that some schools will give you credits for a certain class and some won't. Mm -hmm. And the gen ed classes typically will be given credit for. It's usually the courses within the major that are harder to get credit for. So if you're going to be a chemistry major, they might want you to take all of the chemistry courses at their school. But that doesn't mean that one chemistry course you took couldn't count for a science requirement gen ed class. Uh, Also, you'll have to... um, potentially show a syllabus. If they do not give you credit, you can always contest it and say, okay, this is what I covered and this looks pretty similar to this class. Can you please give me credit for that? Um, And also to keep in mind that most schools do have caps of how many credits they will actually accept. So while you might be considering a gap year and and taking some courses, just make sure you're not going over that limit or you're taking classes that you're not going to get credits for at that new institution. So there also that's another thing you could put on that spreadsheet is, you know, what are the credit expectations? What's the minimum credit amount and what's the maximum credits they will be giving you um, when you apply? That's a great, great point. Um, it will determine whether or not you graduate in four years or more. So that's right. With that in mind, another question that we get often is: Will financial aid and scholarships carry over if you transfer? Amy, any advice on that, or thoughts that you can give to potential transfer students? Well, your financial aid package will carry over, but the difference will be how it's laid out potentially. You know, um, did you get a merit scholarship? Did you get um, a certain type of loan? Did you get a work study. So each institution has a different um, offer that they could give you. I do believe you're always welcome. Once you have that in hand, you can contest it with the current one you have at the institution you are you are in. Do not be afraid to do that um, because in reality, transfer students cost universities a lot less money because you're usually coming in for just two years or three years. So they might be more willing to work with you to help to uh, cover up that $2,000 that you had at the other school because you had a merit scholarship, but now they're going to find you a work study on their campus to help you to um, you know, balance that out. So that is definitely something that can be a little tricky, but to follow up with it and don't be afraid to reach out to the the financial aid office to inquire after you have your package. Great points, Amy. The other piece I would just say is going back to research, which Amy and I have really encouraged you to do. Um, every college should have an financial aid estimator or calculator mm-hmm. on their financial aid website. Great and tip. You start That's to right. research your schools. I really encourage you to go into their financial aid website and fill out their um, 
um, yeah, estimator, their financial aid calculator. And that way you get a sense of whether or not um, it's financially feasible for you. In terms of if there's a student right now who, given, again, we're very empathetic and understanding all of the um, extra pressures right now that decides, I just need a gap year. I, I want to wait till it's somewhat back to normal. Would you advise them to apply now or wait until um, the next round of applications and apply? I typically recommend my students apply now. And once they've secured admission, then request the gap year. Um, Amy, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I agree. That's what I usually um, encourage my students. And it's it's a deposit that holds your spot um, until you are what semester you're ready to enroll. Um, so, yes. Um, and I also encourage my students while they're on that gap year, if they can, to take an online co- course for credit or a course at a local community college that would transfer over as a gen, gen ed class just to kind of keep in that mindset, especially if you've had a poor semester before due to personal issues, then to get that, you know, A or B really helps also with your um, morale moving forward back to school when you you finish your gap year. Another question we get pretty often, Amy, in the transfer admission process is, how do you stay positive when (laughs) you know the current school you're at is not uh, the right fit for you? It's not an easy answer, (laughs) especially now. Um, I think this is where there's a lot of self-awareness, self-reflection for um, students learning what works for them. And you're going to have to try different um, aspects to find out what does help you to find some positive energy, some um, positivity for the future. But I think that's each an individual, individual quest, so to speak. And what a great learning experience for them to take to, with throughout life, it, going through this and trying to stay positive. And it's not easy. And it is important to also have those moments of being um, uncomfortable so that you can get through it and figure out what works for you. Any other advice for you, from you? Yeah. I mean, typically I tell my students to be intentional. Mm-hmm, um, exactly. Make sure that they're really clear with their reasons for wanting to transfer without damning the current school that they're at. And at Ivy Wise, we have our students write multiple drafts of their essays and even subtle language that might be somewhat negative. We give them advice on how to tweak it so that it's not negative and um, more productive into helping clarify and justify their reasons for wanting to transfer. It's a great tip. Is there any other thoughts you have that we could share to help our audience today? Yeah, I'm trying to think this through. Um, We've covered quite a bit. um, And I think that pretty much covers it. Um, Yeah, I feel like we've helped out um, to motivate students who are going through this process. And I really hope and wish for the best for all of you who are listening in your next step. And um, if you are as Joaquin said, intentional and do the research, you will be okay. That's right. Um, And we thank you for tuning in to Just Admit It with Ivy Wise. Uh, The next episode will cover how college admission officers evaluate transcripts and the importance of choosing the right courses in high school. So stay tuned. In the meantime, check out Ivy Wise Knowledge Base and College Admission blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for all the latest higher ed news and advice. And subscribe to our mailing list to receive our monthly newsletter. Thanks again and good luck.
Thank you, Joaquin. Thank you, Amy.